Well, folks, a warm welcome uh, to St. Peter's Barge this lunchtime um, for this uh, remembrance service. Uh, if we haven't met before, uh, my name is Callum. I'm the Associate Minister uh, here at St. Peter's Barge and uh, look after uh, a lot of our midweek things. Um, today, we're uh, going to have a, just a short talk about sacrifice and uh, what the Bible has to say about it. And um, we'll have a collective act of remembrance um, after that. And you'll see that uh, on the inside of these sort of talk sheets, uh, there's a little passage of scripture that I'll read for us and an outline uh, of where we're going. And the front of these um, sheets has all sorts of uh, details of events coming up as well. So please do take these away with you and get them in, di- in diaries as well. And you're very, very welcome uh, to take away this little uh, booklet uh, all about Remembrance Day um, and uh, what the Bible has to say um, about sacrifice. So uh, this is yours to take away as well. We'd love you to do that. Well, let me read um, from uh, this passage uh, of the Bible, and then we'll uh, dig into uh, what it has to say. So this is Jesus speaking um, in John's Gospel, which is a, an eyewitness account uh, of his life and what he said and did. So chapter 15, verses 9 uh, to 14. Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. We're going to look uh, briefly at two uh, aspects of this uh, passage today. One is remembrance, the sacrifice of love, and uh, the other is about remembering uh, more generally uh, those uh, who we love. So greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I want us to consider those words today of Jesus's, are they true? As we look back at World War I, and World War II, as uh, veterans slowly become committed to history, we look back and see incredible sacrifice. The incredible stories of lives laid down. The horrors of these wars and the peace that was bought by them came at a remarkable cost. So World War I, something like 20 million people total were casualties. In World War II, 15 million military and 38 million civilian. Unfathomable numbers died in those wars. We have to ask ourselves the question, what possesses somebody to give their life for a war? Or to phrase it another way, what would possess somebody to give their life for their friends? To make uh, that ultimate sacrifice. The Bible's answer to that question is love. Love is one of the very strongest 
of motivators, isn't it? It is a love for the people back home, a love for adventure, um, the countless, countless uh, letters home from war, and the numerous uh, tributes made by those who grieve. They are all surrounded by, saturated in love. It tells us something about who we are as humans, that we find love so convincing, so compelling, so crucial to our very existence. Just before passing out of uh, military training in the UK, I'm told, uh, soldiers are instructed to write letters that they would want to send loved ones in, ca- in the case of their death. It's either post, uh, pre- post-training or pre-tour. And they have their portrait shot, the, the photographs that we see on the news if they are killed in action. It's sort of a last opportunity for soldiers to decide whether they can really go through with going to war, to reconsider their decision to join the military. For some, it's an exercise that sharpens the mind. The loved ones that they have and the messages they want to send, it spurs them and motivates them on for action in the armed service. For others, the loved ones they are imagining, they decide they, to be separated from them in this way would be just too much, and it ends their military career. Either way, love is the great motivator. And yet, we look around at our world. It's pretty obvious to us, isn't it? News headlines, social media, all that we see. We humans, we're pretty bad at love as well, aren't we? We, we look around and we might think, well, the world doesn't really seem to run on love. It seems to run on hate. We see a lot of hate, don't we? I want to say that hate is a disordered love. Love of country becomes hateful nationalism. Love of power becomes uh, bullying. Love of money becomes greed and causes harm to uh, the poor. The world sort of runs on love, whether it's well-ordered love or disordered love or love directed at the wrong things. Too much uh, love given to a particular thing uh, that it becomes the main love in our life. And that is when... Uh, hate and suffering comes. It's not hard to see it in our very own lives at times. A disordered loves leading to suffering. And these disordered loves are the things that we give our lives for. Maybe uh, in your office you've got uh, team members or, or colleagues that you've worked with in the past who love their jobs. But there are also those who love their jobs too much. And it's the main thing in their life. And they truly lay their life down for the sake of their job, their career. It consumes them. It consumes even their family. Their relationships suffer because of it. Or maybe uh, some of us had uh, parents who loved us very, very dearly. uh, But uh, their love was disordered and in a way loved us too much. Uh, The relentless pressure put... Uh, on us to succeed, that any time we fail, it feels like it is them who have failed. Maybe uh, that love uh, then consumed them in that way. Whatever it is we live for, whatever is the center circle of our life, is our greatest love, a career, relationships, uh, money, power, reputation. The Bible says that this puts us at odds with God. 
the center of the circle of our life, needs to be him. And anything that is disordered above him is uh, what we have uh, as our own little gods in a way. And so it makes sense then of who we are to God. If we read Jesus' words, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And he continues, verse 14, uh, you are my friends if you do what I command. It's not necessarily a, a condition of friendship, but a sign uh, of that loving friendship. But the great problem is that none of us do what God commands. We don't love him. We don't love each other. We love ourselves far more uh, than we do others, and therefore we become uh, enemies with God rather than friends. The Bible, it calls uh, this human condition sin. And because of it, we're cut off from a perfect relationship with God. It shows the extraordinary love of God. If the greatest love that we can humanly know is a love laid down for the life of a friend, how much greater then must the love of God be for the enemies of God if Jesus would lay his life down for them? The basic Christian good news of the sacrifice of the cross is that we are more messed up and sinful than we realize and yet more loved than we could possibly ever know. And that love was shown when Jesus laid his life down for us. Let's look at this life laid down. To lay our life down for our friends is one thing. To lay our life down for strangers is heroic. To lay our life down for enemies That is extraordinary love. This is the thing about Jesus' words, because he talks about laying one's life down for one's friends, being the greatest love. But do we realize that it's the greatest love that the world has ever known, that he even came to this earth, taking on flesh? The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The Lord Jesus didn't die for his friends, though. Unnaturally disordered loves meaning that we are enemies with God. It's because of his love that he dies for sinners. These words were spoken by Jesus just before he was taken, subjected to a rigged trial, beaten, stripped, mocked, and made to carry his cross through the streets out of the city where he was nailed to it and died. The innocent Jesus Christ, his life, was given for the guilty so that we could have his innocence. His life given us for us, his enemies, so that we could be called his friends. Now, this is quite confronting stuff, isn't it? And I don't want to uh, stop you from exploring Jesus just because this is uh, quite confronting. I want to invite you instead, um, if at the end of the service you want to uh, talk more about Uh, this love that Jesus has shown us. Uh, Please take away these what next cards, the question that says what next, and fill them in. And we're going to be running a course called uh, Hope Explored, looking at how this message uh, gives us hope. I'd love to invite you uh, along to that. It'll be three weeks exploring this this hope and love. As we mark remembrance, we look back at the sacrifices of so many, 
the lives given, the lives lost. And we look around at all the suffering of this world. What are we to make of it? Well, it's a world of disordered love. And we need to see that we need this greatest love that the world has ever known. And because it is the love that Jesus has shown when he laid his life down, not just for his friends, but for his enemies too. Next, I want to encourage us to have a moment where we think about remembering those that we do love. There may be veterans in your family, veterans of the world wars um, known to you, maybe veterans of other ways uh, and conflict, or perhaps you yourself have come face to face with the reality of war. It could be that also you're here today just having experienced the loss of, the lo- of loved ones over the past year or, or years through any number of causes, maybe even the pandemic. Opportunities to remember and to uh, dwell on and reflect on uh, their life can be few and far between in the busyness of modern life. I want to encourage us today, while reflecting on Remembrance Day and the loss of war, to also reflect and remember on those we love and those that we've lost. We remember happy times, joyful moments, the sincere uh, blessings that other people are to ourselves, the depth of friendship that's now gone. And in remembering our loved ones, we recognize uh, that the loss of them has brought about a loss in us and in others. So the author and lecturer C.S. Lewis wrote, In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I'm not large enough to call the whole map into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all of his facets. You'll know this to be true as you remember loved ones. Because the particular way that uh, other friends and family had something drawn out of them by our lost loved ones, we won't see again. In remembering our loved ones, we acknowledge the loss, and we acknowledge the loss in ourselves as well. And I think it tells us something very specific and significant about our universe, the world that we live in. It appears to us a great injustice that it could even operate in this way. And if we're mere chemicals, collections of cells, complex tissues, firing electronic signals, then we can't expect an answer to why loss is so painful beyond physical and chemical. There is something in us that is, it appears, made for relationship, community, friendship, and love. And I think that's because of verse 9 in our reading. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Jesus tells us that he is a personal God with a a love relationship at the very center. The theologians call it the, the Trinity, that God is three persons in perfect, loving relationship. And humanity being created in God's image means we are created for relationship, relationship uh, with one another and relationship with God. And the very real pain that we feel uh, when relationship goes wrong or when 
we in fact lose loved ones, I think tells us uh, that the world is not the way that it should be. A world out of relationship with God. And so this is the extraordinary thing about the cross. The relationship between the Father and Jesus on the cross was broken. When Jesus famously cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He went through a breaking of relationship with the Father so that our sin and the consequences of our sin could be dealt with. And in doing so, the friendship of God opened up to us. What disconnected us and cut us off from God is now open to us. And so verse 14, where Jesus says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. He goes through a cutting off of friendship so that we can be brought into friendship with God. And so as we remember those we love and we think about those that we've lost, let's take a moment to reflect on how it is that this shows us the greater realities of our world, that we're made for relationship. I want to encourage you this lunchtime, maybe it's the first time that you've ever heard this, to keep exploring what it means to have friendship or not have friendship with God himself. So I'm going to invite you to stand, and we'll hold a two-minute silence together. And in this moment, let's reflect on that remembrance truth, the great sacrifice of love, a life laid down, and let's remember our loved ones we've lost.